I brought in 5,200 franchisees. A thousand became millionaires, a thousand went out of business. And it doesn't matter how smart they are. doesn't matter how experienced they are. What matters is my job is to give them the best system in the industry. If I do my job, your job is to listen. The thousand millionaires, they listen 98, 99% of the time. Welcome to Million Dollar Flip Flops, the podcast that invites you on a transformative journey to unlock the secrets of living life to the fullest. In this podcast, we dive deep into the minds of thought leaders, game changers, and business builders from around the world. If you're a business owner feeling trapped, overwhelmed, and longing for the time freedom you once dreamt of, this podcast is your beacon of hope. Buckle up, because here we go. All right. So people have absolutely no idea who John Hewitt is. Give me a 30-second elevator speech. Well, it's going to take a, a, a few seconds more than 30. I've been doing this for 55 years. I started when I was at the University of Buffalo working part-time for H&R Block. I loved it. 12 years later, I was running 250 H&R Block locations. And it was 1981. And my dad bought one of the first Apple computers by mail. He was CFO of a public company. Loved it. He liked the Apple better than the mainframe that was running his public company. So he convinced me to leave H&R Block and he left his public company and we built the first tax software for an Apple computer. No one wanted it way ahead of its time. Got lucky and found a company here in Virginia Beach called Mel Jackson Tax Service. Mel had died and we bought six offices from his widow. The biggest blessing was the weather's a lot nicer here than in Buffalo. So moved my family here in August of 82 and changed the name to Jackson Hewitt took it public, and 15 years later, we sold it for $483 million. So I had a non-compete that lasted for three years, but Jackson Hewitt has never gone to Canada. So having grown up in Buffalo, I knew the Canadian tax system. We opened Liberty Tax in Canada, and uh, within three years, became one of the top 100 retail chains. So now I built one of the top 100 in U.S., one of the top 100 in Canada, 2000, when my not-compete ended, came back to the United States. So now I had to compete against myself, my own name, my own software, my own system, my own people. And yet, not only did we grow faster than Jackson Hewitt, we grew faster than Jackson Hewitt and H&R Block combined. We opened 4,000 offices in 12 years, top 10 fastest-growing franchisor ever, again, a public company, again, worth $500 million. So I founded two $500 million companies. One went on to become a billion-dollar company. I founded two of the top 100 retail chains in the country and sold my stock. And now we started loyalty brands, and we have eight different franchisors under under one umbrella. So that's my 50. Uh, I'm in my 55th taxes in a nutshell. Now, now tell me something impressive you've done. <laughs> Thank you. That's cute. <laughs> so here's my here's my question that comes to mind is and I I share your early Apple story. We had the little tan Mac as well. And I was I've had every iteration of every Apple product since it started. My dad was a big Mac guy before it was cool. So I appreciate that. You know, we typically, me personally, and then the people that generally listen to this show are small business owners, under five employees or solopreneur. So I would be curious what you tell a new location when they open up. What's the biggest thing you're telling them to keep an eye on, whether it's metrics or the market or 
you know, what's the one bottleneck constraint you see often? Because you've opened so many locations in so many different places. What's the consistent theme there? Yeah, that's simple, but but difficult. It's very, very clear and easy. It's, uh, I brought in 5,200 franchisees. A thousand became millionaires, a thousand went out of business. And what turns out, Roderick, is it doesn't matter how smart they are, doesn't matter how experienced they are, doesn't matter how educated they are. What matters is my job is to give them the best system in the industry. If I do my job, and I've been doing my job for 55 years, if I do my job, your job is to listen and follow my advice. Well, guess how many people out of the 5,200 franchisees that brought in have listened to me 100%? Zero. Zero. <laughs> The, the thousand millionaires, they listen 98, 99% of the time. I had a thousand people went out, go out of business and they listen less than 90% of the time. So it sounds real simple. All you have to do is follow the system, but it's absolutely a hundred percent impossible. Human beings can't, they can't bring themselves to, to listen. Uh, my, my coach pounds into us, imitate before you iterate. <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we know what is working. Stop trying to make it your own. Get it working first. Learn the system and then, then be creative <laughs> and then be creative. Right. But first you got to get the basics down before you be creative. Yeah. No, sage, sage advice. And, and isn't that true for everything, right? You know, exactly. Well, how do I lose weight? Well, I'll eat less and go for a walk. <laughs> not hard. <laughs> but, but you're not going to do it. So, so take this pill, you know, but most people can't. <laughs> So why loyalty brands? Why aren't you sitting on a beach somewhere sipping pina coladas? You know, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I was, I've always been self-confident, if not outright cocky. And somehow I knew I was, I, I was in an age of bliss where I'm going to get rich. I'm going to become a millionaire and I'll retire by the time I'm 25 or 30. And along the journey, I realized, well, what would I do? You know, I'm a life master bridge player chess player. I, I love other things, but in, in my business career, I changed people's lives. I've changed thousands. I've brought in 5,200 franchisees who had hundreds of thousands of employees. I've changed tens of thousands of people's lives. And there's nothing more rewarding than that. You know, God bless everyone that wants to retire that I, oh, I can't wait until I'm 60 or 70 or 50 or 80 to retire. God bless them. But you know what? I think it's so wrong for me at the, the peak of my knowledge, the peak of my experience, the peak of my ability to mentor people, to go sit on a beach somewhere and just fool around. I mean, that doesn't seem, I mean, God's given me all these blessings. You heard, you heard my massive blessings that I've been able to obtain. And so it's time to give back. And so, the thing that gets me up every morning and, and I'm always, every day I'm, I'm happy when I wake up and happy when I go to sleep, aggravated all day in between. But um, I live a, a, a great life helping people. And that's what, that's why, that's what drives me. That's why I, they got to kill me to stop. Here, here. You know, there's I've nowhere near your level, but when I sold my last business, that was the question I was asked all the time. Why are you starting this new thing? It's because you don't know what it feels like. And I, I coached baseball for a long time. So I got that feeling from the kids. You know, like kids go on to play major league. And 
etc. But that when you watch someone's light bulbs go off, because you share something, you know, it's an unbelievable experience. And I don't, I don't think you can ever shake that, that rush, <laughs> you know, there are thousands of people that are continually reach out to me and thank me for, yeah. for changing their lives. And who, who gets who, how many people get to enjoy that in the world? Yeah. Yeah. What a gift. Like you said, what a gift. So t- tell me more about loyalty brands. Loyalty brands is uh, we have eight different brands, eight different franchise rules. We're focused on two. Number one, of course, is tax. I've always been my company's uh, is for this is my 55th tax season. When I was with Block, they were the fastest growing. When I was with Jackson, you would they were the fastest growing. Liberty, they were the fastest growing, and now ATAX is fastest growing. And you know, I built 10,000 tax offices, and with and two of the top 100 retail franchise chains in the country. So tax is one of our two focuses. The other, I, I fell in love with pets. You know, I'm, I'm so busy and I travel so much, I can't have a pet. But um, we have a mobile grooming service that does 80 or 90% dogs, but we do some cats. But people, I just love their pets, especially COVID gave it a big, a big uplift. And, you know, when people were stuck at home, yeah, 10, 10 15% of Americans went out and got a pet. And so people love their pets. It's amazing that uh, all the stories where, where pets are within a year or two of death and they get diagnosed with something like, like cancer or something. And people pay that thousands and thousands of dollars to, to get them healthy again for, and they're only going to live for another year or two. It's amazing. And, and, you know, they did a survey. Recently, and they asked parents of children who had pets, and two thirds of Americans like their pets better. I mean, it's unconditional love, and it's just the greatest industry. And you know, I've been in an industry for fifty-five years that grows one percent a year, on average, one percent a year. One percent more people pay up a pair. The pet industry is going growing by double digits, and everyone's forecasting it. So we're looking at we're in we're in mobile grooming, but we're looking at doggy daycare and pet sitting and dog walking and insurance, et cetera, et cetera. We're looking at everything pet. So out of my eight industries, the two, my two focuses are tax and pets. So let me ask you about the the pet business. The habit of entrepreneurs is because they can do a lot of things is to get, they start doing too many things, right? And they're serving way too many masters. So when you have a business like the pet business and the mobile, say the mobile grooming is just, it's crushing it. What makes you decide to branch off into other ancillary things and not just go laser focused on building the grooming business? Well, we are exploding in the Zoom and grooming. And and I love the fact that I don't have a McDonald's to be with or a Subway or a Pizza Hut or a Taco Bell, or H&R Block. I don't have enough, I don't have any brand name to, I mean, I love that. For 41 years, this is the 42nd year of competing with H&R Block. That's a brand household name. I have no household name. So by the end of this year, we'll be the number one name in mobile grooming. And, and as I fell in love with the industry, I said, you know, there's, we have all these database of customers who we're doing a great job for in, in grooming by mobile. Well, some of them want to come to a storefront. 
Some of them need, I mean, we already have, we're already doing grooming 2,000 dogs a week. And so that's hundreds of thousands a year. So we are looking for other opportunities to monetize that business. Now, I've learned a long time ago, one of the mistakes I've made in the past is just to roll out things nationally. So we're going to do it carefully, but our mobile pet franchisees are looking for other ways to monitor. And, and the, the great news is it's the only business I've in ever been in where the day you open, you're profitable. I mean, there is so much demand that, that I mean, our, our potential franchisees, we ask them to call in their area and ask how long it would take to be, get a, their dog groom or their, their cat groom. And everywhere in the country, it's at least three weeks. And so we're, we're typically booked two or three weeks from the day we open. So we're just looking for our, my job as a franchisor is to make sure that we keep the pulse of the industry and we present the best system to our franchisees. Today, I don't know if that includes, okay, you have five bands in the storefront or you have bands and you have dog walking and pet sitting and, or you have insurance. I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm extraordinarily happy with the grooming, mobile grooming business. I built Jackson Hewitt 6,000 houses and Liberty to 4,000. And I, I hope to have 4,000 bands on the streets in five years. Uh, but there's other opportunities because we're so, we do such a good job and we're so beloved by the, our customers that why shouldn't we be the lit? I mean, there's Chewy. That's a multi-billion dollar company that, that sells food. There's, there's a, a company that was just sold called duty calls and all they do is go and pick up poop in the backyard. Right. And, and they were sold two months ago for $35 million. So there are other opportunities and, and I owe it to my franchisees to explore the combination of our mobile grooming brand and our database with other opportunities. So when a franchisee potential comes to you, what are some telltale signs that you, you lean on having done this so many times that you know instinctually like this isn't going to work out or this this is going to a potential rock star what stands out well you know I, I, again i've i brought in 5200 franchisees and and i've met at least 5000 of them before they became franchise so i get to see them in advance i wish i wish i could tell i wish there was a magic formula to tell because Roderick, they all tell me they're going to listen to me they all say and and out of the 5200 800 of them have said John, I'm a, you'd say no one listens. I'm going to be the first person that listens 100%. So they all tell me they're going to listen. And so we look at their past history. Can they follow instruction? Can they follow structure? Can they follow DJ? And one thing we do that many, if not most franchisors don't do, we require them to come to training before they get final approval. Many or most franchises, you just write a check, oh, you're a franchise, now come to training. If during that training, if during that week we spend with you, we sense that you're not going to listen, we tell you, go away, leave us alone. You don't have to pay us to not listen. You cannot listen to us for free. 
So one of the key things we do is we have we have incredibly experienced staff. You know, my people in each of my top three people in the grooming business, they've been one we acquired the company from. So she's been in the business for 20 years. Uh, one of the people with me has been with me at Liberty and Loyalty for 25 years, another for 23 years. So they know to watch for people. But we're very quick once they're a franchisee to really get after them if they're not listening. So you're going to make mistakes, right? I mean, you're you're going to make mistakes in picking people. And and we're proud of the fact we keep 95% of our new franchisees. But as soon as we see, you know, no matter you told me you were going to listen and two months later, you're not paying any attention. I mean, it's amazing. One guy, he was such a bad listener. He would go to get customers. He would park his his van, our special van, with wrapped and beautifully wrapped, and he would go to a doggy park. And he was put off because people would come and try to make appointments while he was there. Well, that's what you're there for, right? I mean, it's just it's just crazy. So we do our best to pick the right people to clearly, clearly tell the, the phrase I've used most in my whole life by a hundred times is follow the system. We lecture them. You have to follow the system. We try to pick the right people, but we move quickly when we're wrong. Hey gang, it's Roderick, and I hope you're enjoying today's show. What I've found as a lifelong entrepreneur, and certainly in coaching other entrepreneurs around the world for the last 20 years, is that we all pass through five phases on our business journey, from the believer to the business Buddha. You need the first two, you want the last two, But sadly, most of us get stuck in the middle and start the cycle over, some of us forever. Knowing where you are reveals a clear path for where you need to go. I've created a free quiz that when answered honestly, will tell you where you currently are, but most importantly, will reveal your next steps. You can take the quiz right now at milliondollarflipflops.com forward slash quiz. This has taken me 20 years of in the trenches trial and error to develop, and it's designed to change the way you look at your business and your life forever. Are you the showman? Are you the anxious philosopher? Maybe you're the peaceful warrior. There's only one way to find out. Take the free quiz now at milliondollarflipflops.com forward slash quiz and see where you land. The results may shock you. Now back to the show. So one last question about the kind of the the human element of this, because that's always what has fascinated me about business and entrepreneurship in general. But is, you know, the, the prototypical entrepreneur doesn't follow instruction. That's why they're typically bad in a corporate environment because they just want to do it their way. So what creates that special mix of person that wants to be a franchisee that is, it kind of craves those systems and the brand and all the things you provide, but they still have that, I'm going to get up in the morning and crush it today spirit. Yeah, there was, a, there was a term invented about 30 years ago that I don't hear very often anymore. Someone invented the term intrapreneur instead of entrepreneur. And that means an entrepreneur within a system. And you're right. There are, there are mavericks out there. Uh, like Elon Musk, could ne- he's never going to be, a, he could never have been a franchise, right? And Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, right? And, uh, and Sam Walton. Well, Sam Walton wasn't franchise, 
Sam Walton, I don't know if you know this story, so let me tell your listeners this story because it's a great story. And I, I'll give you a quick quiz because almost no one remembers this story since it's so old. Sam Walton was the largest franchisee of what chain? And then he went to them and said, I have this great idea. And he had the Walmart idea. And they poo-pooed him and he sold all his franchise and started Walmart. So you have any idea what the chain is? I'll give you a clue. It still exists. It's It still exists in about... 5% as big as it was 60 years ago when he, when he, it was in the fifties. He did that. I would say something like Sam's club or <laughs> Sam's club is owned by Walmart. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You got me. Ben Franklin. There, huh. uh, you're not old enough to remember this, but back before you were long, before you were born, there was a Ben Franklin in every little town. So it was, uh, a like a five and ten cent store. So in every town that had twenty-five thousand people or more in the country, all over America, you know, there was Ben Franklin stores. And he was the largest franchise. And I don't remember how many he had, but a couple hundred. And he went to them and said, I have this this idea. And they they said, No, no, we're not interested. And now Ben Franklin, they shrunk down from whatever they were at fifteen thousand down to five hundred. And of course, Walmart has fifteen or whatever they have today. They're the biggest, of course, they're the biggest retailer in the world. So they didn't listen to the entrepreneur, and sort of like Steve or, or Bill Gates robbed Microsoft away from IBM because they didn't understand it. Kodak lost out; they had the formula for for digital photography, and they laughed it off. I mean, and they went out of business, right? Yeah. So, Buster, another great example. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's. Story after story, and, and the key to having a great system is it has to be improved. And the key to the beauty of franchising is they're so creative and so, and they give such great, um, they create things. Every change, major change at McDonald's came from a franchisee, not from Ray Kroc, not from the top. And even things, simple little things like back 70 years ago when in, in, 55 or 56 when Ray Kroc bought McDonald's, they only had one size drink. The simple concept of let's have large and small, and then let's have large and small and extra large. And then, and then, I mean, just, just simple things to, okay, we'll add breakfast. We'll add, we'll have a big man. We'll add all these extra things. So franchising can be incredibly rewarding, but you have to be willing to take your hits because they will complain about everything. You cannot please every person. My favorite Shakespeare is this above all, to thine own self be true. You have to do the right thing. And they'll complain about every er, any possible thing you could do. But you have to embrace criticism to have a great organization. And in a regular corporate environment, you don't get as much criticism. In a franchise in a franchise environment, I'm I'm like the one of the most criticized people on the planet. We haven't had 5,200 franchisees. To me, it's like having 5,200 children. So I'm going to be respectful of your time here, but you know, how can people get a hold of you? People, somebody that's interested in this, maybe they want to open up their own shop, or they just want to learn more about you. You can see right behind me, Loyalty Brands, and it's just J O H N at loyaltybrands.com. And um, I have a book that talks about my journey 
and my great journey, my my uh, blessed journey. And if you send me an email and ask, we'll send it to you for free. Amazing. Amazing. Well, my friend, I certainly appreciate you coming on the show. We will link to you and the book and everything else in the show notes. Uh, is there anything else you want our audience to know about you or loyalty brands? I'm set. I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to change lives. Amazing. Thanks again, my friend. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Million Dollar Flip Flop Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you listen on. If this episode make you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links in the description of this episode. If you want to see more behind the scenes with Roderick and his guests, be sure to find them on Instagram. It's also where we can have deeper conversations on these episodes. Go to www.instagram.com forward slash million dollar flip flops. Until next time.